Hi, welcome to the T Junction. Hello, 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 everyone. Hope everyone is having a lovely year so far. Um, so I decided to do this podcast, this particular topic, because for some of the people that listen to my podcast and watch some of my social media posts, there aren't a lot of them, but every now and then I do post something about medicine and there seems to be kind of like a love-hate relationship <laughs> with medicine, but I just wanted to come on here and be truly honest about how I feel about being a doctor. So I'm just going to give a bit of a background story. For those who haven't listened to the intro of this podcast, you can do so. But on there, I did give a short and brief description of my journey to where I am right now. So I wasn't like a lot of people who got straight into medicine. And this was not because I was dumb or I didn't get good grades in school or whatever people might be thinking. But in my mid-teenage years, my parents decided to emigrate out of Nigeria, where I was born, and come to South Africa in pursuit of their academic desires. So as a result, I was forced to leave school in Nigeria. Um even though like I had completed my high school education at the age of 14, going to 15. So getting to South Africa, I was obviously quite young and people were shocked and surprised as how it's possible for me at my age to be done with high school. So there were a lot of delays in that regard. I was uh, sent back to do a couple of grades. Um, I had to take what is called the matric exam, like the final high school exam here in South Africa again. And I did very well. Like, I've always been an overachiever. Like, it's one of the best and the worst things about me, I think. And that cuts across a lot of spheres in my life initially at a very very early stage in my life it was in a bid to please people or to get people to like me um because i struggle with a lot of issues with regards to self-esteem i had weight issues i was very overweight as a kid very very chubby so i was teased and i was laughed at so for me my brains were the one incontestable thing that i had And so I always put the best of myself into like my academics and getting the best grades and like being the best. So that came through in my final matric exam. But South Africa being South Africa, 
Understandably so, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I struggle to wrap my head around it. But I was told that I couldn't get into medical school straight away. And um, number one, it was because of my age. And then number two, it was because of my citizenship. Um, medicine was strictly reserved for South African citizens. And those belong belonging to the South African... I forgot what SEDC means right now. <laughs> but basically, it's South African, the SEDC countries. Um, so... It was very devastating with such good grades. Um, I couldn't get into medical school, which is something I've always wanted to do. It's it's weird. Like, I was good at math. I was good at chemistry. And I was actually selected to study chemical engineering at some point because I did apply for that as well because it was my second option. And I got in for that, but... I've always been drawn to medicine. Just the idea of the human body always fascinated me. How things work. How on a cellular level alterations can happen and that can translate into something magnanimous and manifest in diseases and manifest in changes in the body like it always fascinated me I always wanted to know why I was a very inquisitive child like right from the get-go everything that happened I needed to know why it was happening and what was the reason behind that so I think that question drove me into finding out more about the human body so it wasn't even for the title like I used to say and I always still say that if tomorrow they wake up and they're like oh okay you will no longer be addressed as doctor whoever whoever I'm so cool with that and that is because nobody can take my knowledge away from me nobody can take what I know away from me and yeah that's what all these years of studying got me so not being able to get into medical school was quite devastating. I cried my eyes out. Then I decided to go for the next best thing in health, which was nursing science. And I did that for four years. It wasn't something I really enjoyed. Not because I think it's inferior. It's just when you know you've got a purpose and you know you've got something that's driving you and if you're in a space that is not that space that you want to be it just doesn't feel right it doesn't you feel like you don't fit in no matter how great you are in that space and it was so strange because I did exceptionally well as a nurse I was excellent my etiquette and my knowledge I remember on some of the ward, ward rounds, some of the doctors used to look at me like, are you a nurse? <laughs> and obviously that makes me feel really good. And it always was affirming to say, I can actually do medicine. You know, I, I feel like I can do it. So um, I graduated nursing school cum laude with 
an average of like 83.3% if I remember correctly. And I was like 1.72% away from the Chancellor's Award. I still feel like I was low-key cheated. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> but it... It was great. Like I put a lot of effort into it simply because of that mentality I have. Being an overachiever and wanting to be the best at whatever I find myself doing. I am a strong believer in the fact that whatever you find yourself doing, you might as well do it well. Because you never know. You never know what's going to speak for you. You never know where that's going to take you. And it's just, there's a satisfaction that comes with knowing that you did everything to the best of your ability. I don't know if it's just me, but yeah, that's how I'm wired. So I finished um, nursing school and I applied for medicine. And at that time, and I think it's still a thing, the graduate program at VITS was running where if you'd had a degree in the past, you could... Um, I think you start from third year or fourth year, if I'm not mistaken. And that was quite exciting because I was like, okay, well, that means like my four years of nursing will not be wasted. But I say now, at the time it was very annoying, but I say now that as God will have it, I didn't get into VITS. And I got into University of Pretoria instead. And with University of Pretoria, there isn't crediting of anything. Like, you had to start from scratch, so full six years. So I was like, oh my gosh, that would mean that I will be in school for 10 years straight. Like, that's minus high school and all that in university for 10 years. But I didn't mind it. And the great thing was that I had age on my side. Yes, the first years were like 18, 17 year olds and I was like 21. <laughs> and it was a bit of a, you know, I don't know. But I, at that time, I felt like I was already at the stage where I was more focused on the goal. So it wasn't really a thing for me. And I think I got to meet some really great people who are still friends of mine right now. Shout out to Dylan, shout out to Navish, um, who formed like the core of my six years, like my medical school career. Um, and I felt like if I got into VITS, I wouldn't have met these people. And I needed to meet these people, or at least I believe God needed me to meet these people. So, yeah, got into medical school. And this is just a backstory, like a backstory of my relationship with medicine. So, throughout medical school, I've always, like, envisioned what I would be, what kind of doctor I would be. There were nights where I would, like, stay up until, like, 3, 4 a.m. studying. And I just daydream and wonder, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen the day I finish this degree? And how is my life going to be? And how am I going to serve and all that? So... I had this vision of what medicine was going to be like. Yes, to a certain degree, it was shaped by things like house, which is why I really do not like all these medical series because I feel like they sell dreams. Like, they sell so much dreams. <laughs> so, 
a lot of my ideas were kind of shaped by that but then we'll go to the hospital and have like a ward run and see like how patients are in like a public hospital setting and you'll be like snap back to reality but at the end of the day it was always so exciting for me like I remember my rotations there will be some um, patients I would go to see the night before study on their conditions try to understand come the next day go through their medications and see okay are we missing something and as the bottom of the food chain that's what like students medical students are sorry guys it's the truth but as the bottom of the food chain you have to be like careful in how you present whatever you think is the right thing to your seniors because there's an ego that I do not understand that's in the medical field and I'm really sorry to say it or am I but it's mostly among the male doctors like there is a magnanimous ego where people feel like they can't be corrected and whatever they're doing is right and they always you know on the right track and should someone junior bring a suggestion or oh, help you god and i never liked that and i think for me because i was on the other end that is being a nurse and had sometimes been treated really badly by some doctors I promised myself that I will never be that doctor. I will never like demean someone because I feel like I'm better than they are. I will always be open to correction. And I believe I'm a great doctor. There's not pride. It's owning it because it's true. And the reason I say that is not because I feel like I come up with the best diagnosis or... I have the best theoretical knowledge or I have the best bed uh, side manners, but it's in attitude. I think great doctors, besides, obviously, you need to have a basis of theoretical knowledge and skills and being able to do things to save your patients. But some of the greatest doctors, for me, in my opinion anyway, are those that are open and open in every sense of the way, open to correction, open to learning, open to love, open to compassion, open to a lot of things because this profession is quite tasking and I do complain a lot, like course can get really hectic and sometimes after a 24-hour call, you're not the nicest. Like you're tempted to be mean and you're tired, sleep deprived. And then you have to transfer a patient and the person on the other end of the phone is so rude. And you want to cuss them out. And patients come with stupid, stupid complaints. Like things that have been going on for the past four months. And then they decided to show up on your call. And... You know, there are days that life just happens. Like, let's not forget that doctors are human and we have fathers, we have mothers, we have brothers, we have lovers, we have friends, we have people that we care about. 
and we have people that die and we have people that are sick and we have personal issues that we're dealing with and we've got um, some of us have mental illnesses that are being managed and some people have medical conditions that are being managed and life genuinely happens. So the hallmark of a good doctor, in my opinion, is someone that is just human, that never loses touch with their humanity. And it's very difficult to maintain this because from your patients to your colleagues to the system, people tend to think that you are a super uh, superhuman. You can't fall sick. You can't have funerals to attend. You can't have weddings. Your boyfriend can't be sick your lover can't be sick your husband can't be sick your kids can't be sick you can't go on maternity leave especially for women I mean there are a lot of women that I've spoken to that it's not even a thing of I'm just experiencing this on my own a lot of us as a woman you there's certain things that sort of make you come across as weak being in the medical profession, like someone who falls pregnant and has to go on maternity leave or someone who takes the day off because their kitty is sick or they want to care for their loved one, you know. So the whole system is programmed to make you feel like a superhuman and that can be misleading because then you start to feel like you're the ish and Nobody can correct you. I mean, when we got into medical school, they used to drum it into our ears every single lecture. You are the cream of the crop. Do you know how many people try to get into this degree? The fact that you were selected means that you are the top of the range, whatever, whatever. So there's this pride that's driven into you from the very start. And I think the idea was not... It wasn't to it wasn't to make you feel better than the fellow person it was in a bit to like stimulate you to be better I don't know I I don't know how to say what I'm thinking but I don't think the aim was that at the end of six years you walk around with a chip on your shoulder feeling like you're better than the next person but that's what usually ends up happening and it's a combination of things. So you are humiliated on ward rounds. As medical students, you come into a ward round, the professor asks you a question. At that moment, you can't remember what it is. You are laughed at. You are told you're stupid. And it's not just you as a kid. These are things that are done to like the registrars who are studying to be consultants. Fathers, husbands are humiliated. And you see this happening and you're like, is this my life? So this was what we had to deal with, get into medical school. Now, get into the hospital setting and seeing the reality. And especially during this time of COVID-19, it's something we never thought we were going to experience. Everyone is strained. We are understaffed. Our colleagues have got COVID and they had to self-isolate. Some of them died and we've had to deal with this and we're picking up more calls than we usually um, pick up and patients are blaming us for everything. Meanwhile, we're working in the most 
inhumane conditions. The fact that people don't take to the media and like take videos of everything going on in a public hospital, like we make do with everything. Like when there's no oxygen, we try to like salvage what we have. When we don't have beds, we try to salvage what we have. We complain to management, but nothing ever gets done. And then we, we, um, take on these frustrations because the conditions in which we're working are not conducive. But then patients come and they want to be seen the moment they step into the hospital. If there's a delay, then you get shouted at. If you're trying to be kind, then you get someone who's rude to you. And that like, if you don't guard yourself, can evoke a response that you never even thought you had. So it's, been a interesting ride maintaining my sanity maintaining balance because I've always been about balance I really want to be a great doctor and I want to give the best to my patients but I was never prepared to give that at the expense of myself and I did do that at some point like there will be a long queue. You have to clear the queue. You miss lunch. You're having breakfast at like 3 p.m. You get in home at like half past five. You end up eating junk food. You end up with like ulcers, backache, migraines and lots of things. And not to talk about your mental health that really suffers at the end of the day. So that's where the love-hate relationship comes in. But it's not to say that I'm not grateful for where I am today. I mean, for a period of eight months, I was unemployed after my medical school. And I had to deal with people saying, oh my gosh, is it because your grades were not great <laughs> when you graduated from UP? Or um, why are you not employed and they didn't really understand the selection process. Again, the fact that I was Nigerian came to bite me in the butt because there was a selection process where South Africans were given preference, rightfully so. I mean, you can't prioritize other citizens above your own, rightfully so. But then it became ridiculous to a point where we just kept getting passed on and passed on and passed on. And the case actually had to go to court for me to secure a job so I know that where I am today I've had to fight to a certain degree to get here and I believe that it wasn't random I was placed here for a reason and I was placed here for a purpose and there are some patients that I meet and I believe truly deeply in my heart that they were supposed to come on my call or on my shift because there was something that I gave them that somebody else probably wouldn't have. And it's not a thing of pride. Like I get many people like thinking that I'm a proud doctor or whatever. I carry my profession with pride. I really really find this degree in this profession prestigious unfortunately a lot of people have shamed um, the medical profession but I call me like old school but I still believe it's a prestigious profession and one of the reasons I believe so is because it's one of the few professions where we cater for human life like from birth to death from 
everything in between. I get to witness the birth of a child. I get to cater for that child. I get to see people when they're healthy come in for just a random checkup. I get to see people like when they, um, when they're ill and they just need some medication or some procedure or something, I get to see people at the final stages of their lives. And I don't take that for granted because it's a privilege. It's a big privilege. And I'm not saying that every single second you see me as a doctor, I'm going to be this, oh, I respect human life. Because honest to goodness, I also get tired and I need time to go away from this and rejuvenate and come back stronger. But the fact of the matter is most of the time, 85% of the time, I carry this profession with so much respect and dignity and gratitude because it's not every day you wake up. And your sole purpose is to save a life. It's so cliche. Like it's become a cliche like, oh, what life did you save today? How many lives did you save today? But it's truly what it's about. That's what medicine is about. We save lives. And how many professions can say that? We save lives. Someone can come knocking at death's door and based on the skills that I've acquired over the past six years, I can literally snatch that person from death's door. Not to say that we're gods or something like that, because at the end of the day, I strongly believe that God has the final say, which is why there are some times you will try your utmost best and nothing's going to work. Yes, it's devastating. But the fact of the matter is we're not gods. We try our best. We do what we can with the knowledge that we have. But ultimately, the final answer lies with the one who controls the universe. That's my belief anyway. So I I really do love this job and I do love the prospects of what um, I could achieve. Now, there's this pressure that... After a certain time, what are you going to specialize in? What are you going to do? Like, I found that I love emergency medicine trauma. It gets my adrenaline pumping. I love the fact that I see results right then and then. Because someone can come with traumatic injuries. You do one, two, three, four. You see results. You see them improving. And you get to see the outcome of whatever it is you're doing. Um as compared to some other specialties where it might take time for you to see what you um, have invested your time and effort in. Yeah, not to say all outcomes of trauma are positive. There are some really negative outcomes and there are some times that you bamboozled irrespective of your best efforts, like things just don't go right, which is why, again, I say I believe there are higher powers in control more than what our eyes can see. So... I have an interest in trauma, but not to say that I want to specialize at this point. I want to do like diplomas and, you know, I love reading. I It's one of the things that I enjoy. At a point, I used to enjoy fictional and like autobiography and all that mixed with medicine. But now I think I've just... 
I've just given up because <laughs> I don't have the time anymore. So I just focus on like medical things. I randomly read articles and journals just for interest's sake and get myself familiarized with, oh, what's happening? What's trending in America at this point in time with regards to one, two, three, four. So I enjoy that and I enjoy learning and I enjoy having the latest knowledge not for bragging rights like I hardly ever talk about um what I read except if I'm with people of like minds and like my best friend always asked me like oh so what did you read today tell me something interesting we used to do this um like just randomly come tell me something something interesting and I would it would be like something I read or something I found out or skill I just learned or something so I genuinely enjoy that and for now I would say I want to keep enjoying that I don't want the pressure of um being humiliated (laughs) by some random professor telling me I'm next to nothing and stupid and (laughs) I don't know I think a lot of us have just been traumatized by the things we saw in medical school and for me, it's one of the things that stuck. Like, if I ever do become a consultant, though, I think I'm going to be, like, one of the kindest consultants ever. Not to say nicest, because, to be honest, like, there's some times where I'm extremely assertive with my patients. And it comes across as being, like, mean. And I'm not. Because at the end of the day, like, I always tell my patients, this has got absolutely nothing to do with me. You can decide whether you want to do this or not. It's your life. But according to what I've learned and according to what I've studied and according to what research says, this is what I believe will help you. But at the end of the day, it's your choice. And I benefit nothing from whether you accept my suggestions or reject them and a lot of them appreciate it and a lot of them some of them roll their eyes at me and I really don't care (laughs) I've gotten to that point where I'm just like I'm here to do my job it's up to you whether you're gonna accept what I'm doing or not you know but it's a very interesting ride every day is different and there's no there's no way of predicting what the day might hold because even if you've encountered a patient with two patients with the same condition, there always is some difference. And you never can tell. People respond differently to different things. And that's another fascinating thing for me about the human body. Nothing is ever the same. People process things differently. People manifest different conditions differently and we just keep learning so yeah at the end of the day I think I'll leave it at that medicine for me is a love maybe I can say love dislike relationship let's not go as strong as hate because truly and sincerely there's never been a day that I hated in the true sense of the word like detest medicine I have disliked it a lot I have had times where I wanted to quit I have had times where I questioned if truly this is what I wanted to do or this is what I hoped I would experience but honestly 
it is my calling and it is a dream come true. And perhaps if one day I were to win the lottery, I think I'll still ha- I'll still have like a small little practice the side of my beach house where I consult patients like once a week just for the love of medicine. But when I think back to, oh, and I'm getting emotional. When I think back to how far I've come, I'm really grateful. And I'm thankful because I am living a dream that I once imagined. I am living my dream. (laughs) And it's crazy. It's very crazy. Very, very crazy to think about it. (laughs) And I don't for one second regret that I chose this path. It's a huge huge responsibility at least that's how I see it and a huge privilege for God to trust me with every single person that he loves so dearly and my only hope is that I do justice that's it so yeah medicine is my calling and I really love it that's the end of my short story time (laughs) um i think i just wanted people to get to know me a little bit more and like i said in the beginning of this year i want to do a lot more solo podcast and be more involved and be more real um with regards to discussing certain things but yeah i hope you enjoyed this episode and until next episode keep safe lots of love goodbye that's all we have time for on this week's episode of the t-junction please note that the t-junction has her own instagram page be sure to follow so that you can be kept updated with the new episodes that come out every week leave us a comment subscribe on spotify on your favorite podcast app so that you can be part of the notification gang until next time god bless